is the Colby Daniels Podcast, and I am joined by Will Brewer for our weekly MMA episode. By the way, it feels like it's been about six years since the last MMA episode, Will Brewer. A lot has happened since we recorded last. Uh, I've I've worked for two weeks at my new job. I hadn't even started the last time we had a conversation. I've watched about 18,000 hours of football since we last spoke. We had an off week in the UFC last week. And it just seems like so much time and so many things have happened since we discussed that uh, Derek Brunson, Darren Till matchup just a few weeks ago. But uh, here we are. We are uh, we are at fight day eve, getting ready for this Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann card. What's going on, my friend? Man, uh, I, let me tell you. Um, from from the last time we spoke to today, there's been a, it's been a roller coaster, a whirlwind kind of for me. Um, you know, of course we had that week off, so I was a little, um, I, I ended up watching Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz <laughs> and, uh, Vitor and Evander uh, Holyfield just to see, you know, yeah. what, what, what would happen. Yeah. You know, I was pretty impressed by Anderson, of course, and then Vitor and the Holyfield don't even want to get into it, but I, I left that with, you know, maybe we got a, a, a potential opponent, a potential savior, uh, in the MMA world for someone to go up against Jake Paul with Anderson Silva, a guy who is um, an MMA legend and then a guy who is pr- is pretty much Jake Paul's size. I would love to see Jake Paul fight someone his size. Uh, Anderson Silva fought at middleweight his whole career and he's fought at 205. So why not? You know, I left that with um, I left that fight with, you know, let's see Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. Then the next day. Uh, I had to watch my Packers uh, go down uh, oh. in a, yeah, uh, we we oh. don't even need to get into that. Oh. But yeah, so to to say that it was a whirlwind of roller coasters, and now now we're here, so uh, I'm happy to get back into MMA. <laughs> I I somewhat feel like this is exactly the way Aaron Rodgers drew Game One up. To be honest with you, man, I, I think that was a, a big <laughs> fuck you to the organization for yeah, everything y'all yeah. put me through, through yeah. from from drafting Jordan Love to all the shit that he had to deal with in the offseason. That was a big fuck you. So now, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe this week against Detroit, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I have I had high expectations going into the game. And to say I was uh, let down is an understatement. <laughs> Well, we don't need to get into uh, into the Dallas Cowboys because since the opening night loss that a lot of Cowboys fans weren't actually too disappointed with, uh, they've they've suffered multiple setbacks, and I am uh, I'm already crushed. My heart's already broken, and we've not even kicked off game number two yet. So uh, that might be the silver lining for you is I'm suffering right along with you. By the way, how about the news that Carlos Condit? has decided to retire from MMA. It's it's pretty crazy, man, uh, seeing all these all the names of these guys that are retiring. Uh, I feel like, you know, when I started watching this sport, uh, guys like Carlos Condit and uh, um, Joseph Benavidez, these are the guys who were uh, at the top of the sport, you know, especially Condit. Um, he was one of the top welterweights in the world for um, for many years. Uh, fought Nick Diaz uh, for the interim title. Uh, rocked. He was one of the only guys when GSP was at his peak. He was one of the only guys to really uh, rock GSP with a with a head kick. Almost took the title from him. So uh, you know, Carlos Condit. He had an outstanding career. Um, you know, he had a couple of victories, but then he uh, had a setback in his last fight. And uh, you know, I think when he, I think he he stayed on top of it. You know, uh, it's time for, it was time for him to go. You know, he uh, 
he probably saw a route to the title, but after losing that, he's probably like, yeah, it's probably uh, best for me to go ahead and hang it up. But uh, he's he's definitely had a lot of good uh, knockouts in the sport, a lot of good memories, a lot of good fights. Um, Natural Born Killer, one of the best nicknames in the sport, man. Uh, he was one of the best. Absolutely. Salute to the Natural Born Killer, Carlos Condit. You nailed it. I mean, I, I that was probably one of the first nicknames that I just thought, man, that is super cool. Yeah, the natural born killer. And then the look on his face when he would uh, get into the octagon, his fighting style. It was always a good fight when Carlos would get in there. So uh, he'll be missed, man. One of the uh, one of the good guys of the sport for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any big news for you over the last two weeks that is, has uh, made your head turn? Um, well, uh, that, uh, December 11th card, uh, UFC 269, you know, we're getting, we're, we're about to get into the, the season of pay-per-views, you know, 266 is going to be big, 267 is going to be big, 268 is going to be big in, in MSG, but, uh, UFC 269 is looking like it's starting to take shape, uh, three title fights, Nunes, Pena, um, we got Moreno, Figueredo three on that card, and it's looking like, um, it hasn't been announced for sure, but it's looking like Poirier and Oliveira is going to be on that card as well, so, um, it's looking like uh, to end the year, some really, really big uh, cards. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of uh, alluded a, a month or two ago that Poirier and uh, and Oliveira was going to headline the December pay-per-view. And unfortunately, that means that the heavyweights get push, pushed back to 2022. But uh, look, we, we all, I think, are ready to see Dustin get that opportunity for the 155 strap. And I'll say this. As excited as I am to watch that fight and to watch who I think is is the rightful 155 champ, I think that's going to be a great fight. But, I mean, there are three pay-per-views, Will, before we get to December 11th. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but, uh, I mean, the, the star power that we're going to witness in these pay-per-views over the next few months, holy cow. And I, I think 268, to me, is about as exciting a fight card as I think I've ever seen. Yeah, these these next three pay per view, four pay per views to end the year. Yeah. These are out, outstanding pay per views. Like they're not the main cards of these fights of these pay per views are all good, but even the prelims they're stacking. Uh, all four of these cards are amazing. And then, like you said, that MSG card, we're gonna see um, some some debuts that of, of guys who are highly touted prospects. Um, we're gonna see uh, some bar, barn burners of fights uh, all throughout the night in MSG. Um, I think we're going to see one of the more epic nights of of, of uh, MMA that we've ever seen with uh, with that MSG card. They've they've they know exactly what they're doing, stacking that card from top to bottom. Uh, they're doing MSG right with the card like that. Have you noticed uh, an amplification of the Colby Covington stories hitting your social media timelines? No, I haven't, man. I, uh, has there been something new coming up? Nothing new, just recycled Colby stuff that, uh, you know, as we get closer to 268, and obviously, you know, he's so polarizing. Um, I, well, I say polarizing. I don't know how many, like, big Colby Covington fans there are, but it, it, I guess in just a completely negative way, like, he's just, people don't like him, that uh, my, my Twitter, Facebook, I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot more, like, Colby Covington, Dustin Poirier, Colby Covington, Israel Adesanya. I mean, Colby Covington has nothing nice to say about any other UFC fighter in a weight class uh, that is in his or anywhere close to his, essentially. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I guess we should both just uh, start getting prepared now for yeah. the for the circus that is going to be around Kobe Covington uh, for these next few months. Uh, it's going to start eventually uh, when he's just going to come out talking all this mess, uh, walking around with his uh, Donald Trump stuff and uh, his his cheap suits and you know saying his corny lines. Like uh, we should just get prepared for it now, so it doesn't uh, sting as much when he's out there in the press conference talking all that noise. So. Um, last time Usman handled it well. He acted like it didn't phase him, and, and then in the fight, you know, we saw what happened. So hopefully, um, Usman still has that um, has that head on his shoulders where he's like, "I'm not going to let this guy bother me. He's a clown." Because um, that's pretty that's basically what what I think of him. He's a clown. He's just uh, playing For the sure. act. This, that's not even uh, the the type of guy that he is. Everybody everybody who's close to him is like, "That's not. He's just playing a character." And I think he even alluded to he was playing a character. So you know, at this point, he you know he's just trying to get people to view him. Which I guess that's the model of the UFC now. But you know, <laughs> what he's doing doesn't really work for me. You mentioned the uh, the boxing over the weekend. Good or bad thing that it was Vitor Belfort that finally gets a W for MMA in a boxing match because obviously, you know, he's one of the the first stars of this sport. At the same time, you know, there are a lot of people that don't like him. There's the the steroid stuff that's kind of mixed into all of this. Uh, I, I don't know. I've heard good and bad perspectives on Vitor being the guy that, that got it done. Man, uh... I, I kind of feel for Vitor because in my mind, he fought Evander Holyfield. And of course, we all know the the great heavyweight champion that Evander was in his heyday. Um, we know that if this was 20, 30 years ago, <laughs> you know, Vitor wouldn't have stood a, stood a chance. But let's be real. Uh, Evander Holyfield is uh, 58 years old and it looked like he shouldn't have even been uh, clear to, to participate in a combat sport. And, uh, you know, when he was out there, it just looked like when he would when he was taking steps forward or backward, it looked like he was gonna stumble over and just fall over with any step. And uh, I think he threw a punch and it ended up landing on his back. And I'm just like, how did how did that happen? I, th- I guess that's just you know sad his old age. So yeah, it's very sad to watch. It's tough, but you know, credit to Vitor because he he went out there with a statement um, with a point to prove. But then on the other side, I think the story uh, more than what Vitor did. It's more of how Evander Holyfield looked you know, at 58 years old. Yeah. So I don't really know if you can really look at that and say, you know, it's good for Vitor to, to represent the sport like that. Um, Cause I mean, he did his job, but you know, it kind of sucks to see uh, Evander go out there like that. Triller and Vitor offering $30 million take all purse for a fight with Jake Paul. Would you rather see Anderson Silva get the shot or Vitor get the shot at Jake Paul? Oh, that is a great question. I'd ra- I'd I'd want to see either one of them get it, but at this point, like after seeing Anderson against uh, Oscar De La Hoya, you know, seeing Vitor against Evander, that's great and all. But I've seen Anderson, um, I've seen his technique against a guy against a boxer like uh, De La Hoya, uh, and then I saw uh, not not De La Hoya, um, uh, Chavez Jr. My my bad, and then um, I saw. Uh, Anderson knock out Tito Ortiz. So uh, I've seen more of Anderson again in a, in a boxing realm than I've seen Vitor. So I would like to see uh, Anderson fight um, Jake Paul next. I think that's the, I think that's the way to go. Um, he, Anderson doesn't have that much boxing experience, but uh, when he's been out there, he's shown that he's got the technique, he's got the power. 
and he's uh, the same size as Jake Paul. And you can tell that Anderson takes this very serious. Uh, he's been wanting to box even when he was uh, champion of the UFC at the top of his game. He wanted to fight Roy Jones Jr. And at the time, Dana was like, no, like that's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, he's, so he's been wanting to do this for years, and now he's yeah. finally getting the chance. And you can tell he's taking this serious, even at his old age of 46 years old. You know, if I'm Jake Paul, um, that's a, it's a it's a tough uh, fight, but um, I think it's a step up in competition. I think it's a guy that's your size. He's older, but it's a guy your size, a guy who's taking it serious. Uh, I think if you beat a guy like Anderson, then you step in step in there with uh, maybe a, a more of a proven boxer. But I think at this point. You still rock with the uh, uh, MMA versus boxing type thing and uh, take on a guy like Anderson Silva. Will, uh, we are one week away from UFC 266, headlined by the tough coaches Volkanovski and Ortega. Uh, we got to get through tomorrow's card, Ryan Spann, Anthony Smith. Uh, I've, I've heard several of my friends that are what we call casuals as far as their UFC interest say that they basically have no interest in this card this weekend. Yeah, I think you have to be um, a pretty hardcore fan like you and I to just want to see, you know, fights in general. Like, I don't think it would matter who is on this card. Like, we're, you know, we haven't watched, uh, uh, you know, fights in, in two weeks, so we're pretty, you know, excited just to have fights on. Uh, outside of, like, the hardcore, pure fans like you and I, um you're not going to get a casual to sit down through, you know, three hours of a main card and two hours of prelims uh, and get excited. So, um, you know, you really have to be into the sport to uh, really like appreciate what uh, what's on this card. But this is it's a sneaky good card. I guess you could say there's a lot of um, of solid prospects on this card. Uh, but you really have to be into the sport to even know who these to, who these guys and girls are and truly really appreciate what they bring to the table. I got to tell you, I'm a little irritated once again with the 3 o'clock prelim start and the 6 o'clock main card start. What are we doing here, people? Like, what happened to 9 p.m. main card start where we kind of just have the, the UFC platform to itself, right? Like, we're smacking it right in the middle of all the other sporting competition over the weekend. You know, maybe they're not even looking towards um, the other sporting events. I mean, I think they see the only other MMA organization that has something going on in Bellator, and they're going on at, um, I think, 8 or 9 o'clock. So I think they just wanted to get theirs out of the way and then so they don't so they won't have to go head-to-head. Uh, with Bellator, so because um, Bellator's got a pretty solid main event with uh, Romero and uh, Phil Davis coming, so I don't think they wanted to put uh, what they're putting out with uh, that Anthony Smith and Ryan Spann card up against what Bellator is bringing out. Right. So, um, I mean, at, le- at least it's not um, main card at 3 p.m. and um, that's true prelims at 12. So I think we're taking a step in the right direction. <laughs> no, yeah, then, look, the, yeah. The three prelim is better than the three main card. I, I'll give you that, but it's still not my ideal situation. And then it, it, it even works out because after this, we get the pay per view next week, and then we're all back to normal. Uh, not quite, because I think the next pay per view is the Abu Dhabi like one o'clock main card starts. Oh, yeah, that's right. For that's right. for two sixty seven, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, that's right. And they're going. Yeah, they're going to be right in the yeah. afternoon like that Khabib card. I know. Was, I remember a year different. ago how frustrating <laughs> it was trying to do my job attached to college football and also watch a fight that I was 
geeked about for every single day leading up to it from the time the Gaethje-Ferguson fight ended until Gaethje had his his shot at, at Habib. I was excited about that fight every single day until it happened. And literally on that day, I'm like, seriously, guys? Like, I knew it was going to happen at noon, but having to have my attention divided the way that it was was really frustrating and it's going to be, uh, it's, I assume it's going to be equally frustrating for 267, but good Lord, what an awesome card. Yeah, and then uh, your boy Hamzat's probably going to be on the, uh, on the prelims, so you're going to have to really Jemayev. be locked in. Yeah, he's going to be uh, locked. You have to be locked in to probably two different sports at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Hamzat's coming back. Islam's on that card. Islam and RDA. Um, so many good fights. Uh, you got a couple of good heavyweight fights with Volkov and uh, and uh, Tybora and yeah. Tai Tuivasa and Walt Harris. Like that card is loaded. Of course, you got the two title fights. Um, that card is stacked. I mean, even though it's an early start, like I'm gonna be locked in. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Um, before we make our picks for tomorrow's UFC Fight Night card, how about uh, have you seen the shots of Yoel Romero as he gets ready for his Bellator debut? Headlining, it's Yoel Romero and Phil Davis. I haven't seen, but I can I can imagine like uh, seeing how he was at 185. Put 20 pounds on that man. I I can't even. Wow. Uh, but I haven't seen him. But I can imagine he's probably looks jacked. A uh, lot of lot of conversation that uh, physically and look, he's a freak anyway. But physically, Yoel looks as good as he's ever looked. So. And it's it's crazy because th- this man is 44 years <laughs> yeah. old. And he looks like that. He might be 45 now, but this man is 44 years old. He looks better than most uh, MMA athletes around the world. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the sport with a better physique than that man. So uh, credit to him to keep to keep that going at uh, 44 years old. And a complete psychopath. Uh, and I mean that in the most positive possible way. Yeah, and, you know, just to see his fighting style. Like, he's such yeah. a freak. Like, the things that he does in there, like his explosion – just to think that he's a wrestler, he barely even uses it. His explosive power and everything, man. Like, Yoel Romero is a special athlete. He's uh, one of very few athletes who can do the type of things that he does. It's no wonder that he's a former Olympian. Um, that man is a special athlete. All right, Will Brewer, we went into the Brunson Till card. It was plus five in the point category in your favor. You were also able to gain four points overall after the night and the dust settled. Uh, Big win for Derek Brunson over Darren Till. We were on opposite sides of that. So the lead is plus nine for Will Brewer, which means you will have first selection as we kick off this six-fight main card, UFC Fight Night, Smith Span, on Saturday night, 6 o'clock start. All right, so here we go. The main card. Oh, let me let me say this real quick. We're not making a pick on this fight, but uh, slow Mike Rodriguez and Tafan and Chukwe as the feature prelim is an awesome fight. Uh, I loved the. Uh, I don't know if you remember Chukwe on uh, Contender Series a year ago, and he had just an unbelievable KO. But this is a guy that I I'm really excited to see throw down. Yeah, but and uh, I remember Mike Rodriguez had a pretty tough fight. I believe his last fight was against um, uh, it was either I think it was Ed Herman, but he had Ed Herman hurt, and 
he had him hurt, and the referee stopped it like prematurely. And then Ed Herdman uh, yes, got to get correct. back into into the fight, and then ended up submitting him. But yeah, Mike Rodriguez is a pretty solid prospect himself, so this fight should be uh, outstanding for as long as it lasts. It's probably not going to last too long because <laughs> both of these guys are um, are special on the feet. So uh, I'm really excited for that one. All right, the main card features middleweights Joaquin Buckley, twelve and four overall, against Antonio Ahoyo. 9-4 and four overall. Oddshark.com has Buckley as a minus 236 favorite, plus 194 for Ahoyo. Right? We do the H's there, right? On the... Absolutely. Is that correct? Uh, okay. Ahoyo. Ahoyo. Sure. All right, just making sure. There's the, the, the Brazilian um, flag is next to his name, so I just yeah. automatically assume the R is an H. Absolutely have to, man. Um, so... I think this should be a pretty, I'm not going to say pretty easy win, but I think if Joaquin Buckley goes out there and fights the way he knows how, I think uh, he should win. Uh, I think in his uh, in his previous fights, after he got that spectacular knockout, I think he was trying to chase that moment again, and he was uh, chasing the uh, knockouts, and he was pr- fighting pretty reckless uh, in his last couple of fights. I think if he just uh, slows down, because in that fight where he landed that big, uh, that big knockout, uh, it was pretty calculated i guess you could say he wasn't rushing anything it just kind of happened uh i think he's been forcing it too much so i think if he just uh lets the fight come to him um he can pretty much open himself up and pretty much uh get a knockout uh the way that he did in uh in that big uh with that big knockout so i i think this is a win for walking buckley he's gonna have to be uh patient he's gonna have to be careful because ahoyo is dangerous but uh i think buckley should win this yeah, Buckley uh, gets uh, one of the KOs of the year over Impa Kasonganai, who is also on this card in the prelims. And then his last outing early in 2021, he was KO'd uh, by DeKirico, I believe. Uh, I'm with you, though. I think this is, this is Buckley coming in and not necessarily, you know, he's lost since that big highlight. And there's something about having one of those highlight finishes that, I, I think in some ways can throw a guy off of his game and he kind of searches for the highlight again. Uh, I think uh, Buckley kind of reels it back in. Victory Buckley for me as well. All right, our next matchup is, let's see, Nate Manis and Tony Gravely. We have bantamweights, 13-1 and one for Nate Manis, Tony Gravely, 21-6 and six overall. Oddshark.com has Tony Gravely minus 250, Manis plus 210. Now I'm trying to remember where uh, I've seen Nate Manis before. It, he was on Contender Series. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't recall if he was or not. I don't. I don't remember him being on Contender Series, but I wouldn't say you're wrong necessarily. Well, with that, well, even even though I'm I'm I don't know too much about Manis either way, but um, so. I think my pick's going to go with Gravely. I know uh, I've seen him before. I know he won his last fight. Um, I remember him getting like a getting a finish in his last fight. So um, with what I know, with what's out there, I'm going to go with, uh, with Gravely. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think Gravely has won something like nine of his last ten or something like that. Uh, the only loss was to Brett Johns. Uh, I, I, he's... he's uh, I think from an experience standpoint and on the win streak he's on, uh, getting the benefit of the doubt uh, as far as both of these guys for me. So uh, I'll go gravely as well. 
All right, fight number three on a six-fight main card Saturday night. We make our way to the lightweight division. Christos Gallegos, 19-8 and eight overall. Armand Sarukian, 16-2 and two overall. Oddshark.com has Sarukian as a minus 700 favorite. Gallegos, plus 425. So, um, I understand. I mean... Minus 700, I mean, that might be a little stretch for me. Um, I think it's a little closer than that. But um, I do understand where where they're coming from with that. Um, Ar- Armand, he's uh, he's pretty tough in that division. Uh, I think his, his only loss in the, his last, like, 10 fights is to uh, Islam. And everybody else he's pretty much had his way with. But, you he's know, of won course, 14 no- of his last 15, and the only loss was right. a decision lost to Islam Mahashev. And Islam has been running through everybody else, <laughs> yeah. but just to go to a decision and I mean, not, not to say that that was a particularly close fight, but it wasn't the, the type of wash that it's been lately for Islam uh, when he's fought Armand. So uh, my pick's definitely going to go with Armand in this one, but minus 700. I mean, I get it, but then again, I'm just like, come on now. It's minus 700. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that seems like a giant number. Uh, well, it doesn't seem like a giant number. It is a giant number, uh, but I think that's just, once again, giving him the respect based on what he's accomplished. 14 of 15, and the only loss was a decision to a guy that, like like you said, has just mowed through everybody in his path and is on his way to potentially being the champion of the division that I think has been the best in the entire sport. So uh, we are both on the Sarukian side of this matchup. All right, we have women's flyweights Mandy Bohm, 7-0 big-time prospect versus Ariane Lipsky, 13-7 overall. Oddshark.com has Lipsky as a minus-115 favorite, but this is close. Bohm, minus-105. Man, um, Lipsky, uh, she came in. Uh, she's a former champion in another organization. She came in with a little bit of hype. Uh, she was winning, and then when she got in there with some of the higher prospects at uh, 125, she has she's had a few slip-ups. Um, I still think she's got a lot of potential. Um, she's got she's she's quick on the feet. Uh, she's got submissions on the ground. I just think she needs to put it all together. I still think she has potential in this division. Uh, but like I said, she just needs to put it all together. I still have hope for her. So uh, my pick's gonna go with Lipsky. All right, I I was going to go Lipsky as well, but we are three fights in. We are three for three in terms of being on the uh, same side of things. This These odds are extremely close. Uh, I'll go with the prospect. I'll go Mandy Bohm in her UFC debut against Lipsky. So our first head-to-head in the women's flyweight division. All right, the co-main event is the light heavyweight division. We have Ion Kudalaba. 15, 6, and 1 overall against Devin Clark, 12, and 5 overall. Oddshark.com. This is also another one. Devin Clark, minus 115, but Kudalaba, minus 105. Ooh. Um, yeah, that is pretty close. Uh, both of these guys, I feel like they're on the same type of uh, trajectory in, uh, in a sense. They've come, they're both coming off losses. Um of course, Kutalaba, he's uh, he's very intense. Um, he's going to have, you know, uh, a, a 
a funny, well, an intense weigh-in uh, or an intense face-off with Devin Clark. So I'm sure you know everyone's seen his face-offs in the past. He just runs up to people and just yells in their face. Uh, he's a very intense guy, and he goes out there and he fights uh, very intense. And sometimes that works to his detriment because we've seen that against um, forget the I forget the kid's name. Um, uh, fought the guy in Abu Dhabi, got knocked out. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uncle the Russian guy. Yeah, Uncle yeah. yeah. Uh worked to his detriment and he got knocked out in that fight. So um you know, I think uh and then Devin Clark, he had that fight with Anthony Smith on short notice and uh he lost that fight. So uh these are two guys who are trying to get to the upper echelon of the light heavyweight division, but they're kinda at a standstill. Um I think that uh I've seen more of Kutalaba and I think his intensity uh I think if he just learns how to uh, tone it down a little bit and uh, and fight a smarter fight, I think this is a fight he can definitely win. So uh, my pick's going to go with uh, Eon. All right, I like it, because uh, I'm going to be on the other side of this one. Uh, I will say this. I think that Devin Clark is going to have to survive the initial all-out blitz that is Kudalaba, but what we saw against Dustin Jacoby was the all-out blitz and then a guy that really faded and kind of had to survive down the stretch for that to end up being a draw. So I think if Devin Clark can survive the initial blitz from Kudalaba, I will uh, I will take Devin Clark to get the win in the co-main event. Which takes us to our main event, a guy that has become a main event fixture, Anthony the Lionheart Smith, also at uh, at two hundred five light heavyweight, thirty five and sixteen overall, which is just a crazy number, Will. The guy has 51 professional MMA fights. 35 and 16 is Anthony Smith. Ryan Spann, 19 and 6. Overall, we have top 15 light heavyweights in our main event. Anthony Smith, minus 160 favorite, plus 140 for Ryan Spann. Will Brewer, the main event. Well, first, I want to say uh, it's good to see the light heavyweight division get some shine uh, in a spot in a main event spot. Uh, you know, we haven't really uh, had a chance to talk about the light heavyweight division in a minute. Um, it's been a few months since uh, Yuri and uh, Dominic Reyes fought and uh, Jan and Izzy fought. You know, it's been a while since we've had um, a, a spotlight on the light heavyweight division. So uh, it's good to to have this fight. Um, Anthony Smith, he's coming off that uh, that great performance against Jimmy Crute where his jab is just looking incredible. Um, and then, you know, he got that leg kick and pretty much just blasted Jimmy Crute's leg and made it unusable. Uh, got that win, uh, beat Devin Clark. So he's on a bit of a win streak after uh, losing, I think, three in a row. Um, Anthony Smith, you know, he's fought everybody. He's been there, done that in two different divisions. Uh, he's fought John Jones. He's fought Santos. He's fought... Uh, Alexander Rakic, uh, Glover Teixeira. Um, he's fought the who's who. Alexander Gustafson, he's fought everybody. Um, I think that with this fight, um, with this type of fight, the experience is going to play a factor. Um, I think him being able to see all of these different fighters, he's seen a, a Ryan Spam before. He's been in the situation where someone's going to come at him and try to finish him early. Um, I heard a comparison uh, that Ryan Spann is similar to Kevin Holland, and I really like that um, comparison because uh, Ryan Spann is uh, an incredible striker. He's very explosive. 
Um, he's got some tricks on the, on the ground if you take them lightly. But I think uh, if Anthony Smith plays his cards right, um, avoids taking any big shots on the feet, um, takes it to the ground, uh, I think he'll. He, I think Anthony Smith will have his way with Ryan Span on the ground. I think you know, like like you said, 35 and 16, like 50 plus uh, fights, MMA fights. Uh, he's been there, done that. So um, I think, and then especially this is Ryan Span's first main event. Um, so I think Anthony Smith's going to uh, – I think that experience, uh, that MMA championship uh, main event, all that, all the different type of experiences that Anthony Smith has is going to play a factor, and I think uh, Anthony Smith will win this one. Yeah, it's, it's that main event pedigree for Anthony Smith on top of the just massive advantage in terms of octagon time. Uh, that he has experienced over the course of his career. And, and look, I, I rewind to um, that that Glover to share a loss last year or, or two years ago, however long it's been. And I, like, I, I genuinely thought like this might be the end of Anthony Smith. He, I mean, he was right, he yeah. was beaten badly in that fight. And then if you remember the, the next outing against Rockich, you know, it just kind of felt like I, I, it was a disappointing win from Rockets' standpoint, because it kind of felt like he had a massive advantage and cruise to the win. But, you know, with those back-to-back performances from Anthony Smith, there was there was some big concern for me whether he was still going to be one of the, the top 205ers out there. He got the win over Devin, um, Devin Clark, and then obviously the Jimmy Crute fight uh, didn't, didn't get to play out the way we all had hoped, but... I think Anthony Smith at least has done enough to, to kind of correct the course. And, and uh, you know, I, I think when you hear him talk about how he kind of had to recalibrate things after those two losses, I like where he's at. You know, Ryan Spann also is, is an interesting one because he's won eight of his last nine, I believe, uh, at light heavyweight. That only loss was that wild fight to Johnny Walker <laughs> that, that he ended up being on the wrong end of. But, yeah, I think for me it's just Anthony Smith has been there, done that, been in this position, is no stranger to being in a main event. And I think that uh, as far as the all-around arsenal, that is advantage Lionheart. So Anthony Smith in the main event for me as well. You know, uh, another point that uh, I would like to make about Anthony Smith, uh, in his fight with Devin Clark, it was a short-notice fight. Um, It was supposed to be... Uh, a main event, another main event, but it, uh, that main event got scratched l- like last minute, and then th- that fight ended up uh, being the main event. Uh, I remember looking at Anthony uh, when he walked out, and he had a little bit of a, he had some size on him, like, and I, at the time I didn't think he was good size. I just I thought like, oh man, like I don't think he even trained for this fight, but it it turned out to be one of his best performances, one of, uh, like a really dominant performance at that. And then same thing with Jimmy Crute, except uh, I think he I think he he was wanting to put some more size on because that was a, a problem that he thought he had. Um, they were talking about maybe dropping back down to middleweight, but instead I, I think he put some size on instead, and I think that's really helped him. So uh, I think um, the size is only going to allow him to be uh, stronger with a Ryan Span, who's a, one of the smaller light heavyweights out there. Um, but you know Ryan Span is very dangerous. Um, he had that uh, loss against Johnny Walker, but against everyone else, he's been finishing guys. Um, so Anthony Smith's going to have to be careful. But um, like I said, you know, Anthony Smith's been there and done that. He's seen it all. So um, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting fight, but I think Anthony uh, with his experience should get it done. All right, my friend, uh, we are, uh, we're on the opposite side of two fights. So 
Only two points up for grabs this time around, but we have pay-per-views basically the rest of the way that are going to have massive point totals, Will. Massive point totals to close out the year. Yeah, I think um, these these championship fights are so closely contested. Uh, I know we normally have three points on on uh, championship and main event fights, so I'm sure these uh, these championship fights are so closely contested. We're going to be on the opposite sides of a lot of them, so there's going to be a lot of points up for grabs. Uh, yeah, these these uh, these fights to close out the year are going to be sensational. Uh, from September to December, we're going to be treated. Uh, to some fantastic fights, and I'm excited for it, man. By the way, only a week away from the return of Nick Diaz. Man, and uh, the return of Nick Diaz in a fight that um, years and years ago was just a barn burner of a fight, and I think um, years later it's still going to be a barn burner of a fight. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, it's got fireworks written all over it. Um, Both these guys, you know, Robbie Lawler's a former champion, uh, Nick Diaz, um, he's a former champion in another organization. So, um, it, you know, it's good to see these guys, you know, still fighting in a, in a high spot like this on a pay-per-view uh, with so many talented fighters. Uh, for them to be one of the bigger stories of, of the entire card, it's good to see. Um, but the entire night, man, it's going to be uh, that entire card. It's it's stacked, man, to say the least. So tune in uh, next, next Saturday. It's going to be a fun out of fights from start to finish let me go ahead and wish you good like uh good luck next monday packers monday night football prime time under the big lights for the whole country to see uh i'm, I'm saying my prayers for you but my friend i'm gonna i'm gonna say this if the Packers lose to the Detroit Lions. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate to I hate to underestimate anybody, but right. if the if the Packers lose to the Detroit Lions, uh, I'm packing it in for the season. Okay, and okay. Uh, saying fuck the Packers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be there anymore. Just trade my, trade the guy off. You know, let's just yeah. um, just part ways, man. Because yeah. a loss to the Lions that just doesn't spell well for the rest of the season. So I know it's early, but come on now, we gotta. Packers got to get it done against the Lions. Yeah, That's all you know say. my feelings on the city of Detroit in general. So, right. yeah, don't don't let the suckage that is Detroit beat the Green Bay Packers, even if they are struggling. That would be a humiliating loss. Absolutely. I mean, you see, um, the, the, the you see the light, the 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 life that's been that's been put back into Matthew Stafford going from Detroit to L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just a whole a whole bunch of life put back into that man, and just you know, Jared Goff is doing what he can. But I'm sure going from the Rams to the to the Lions, that's not what was preferred. So um, yeah, um, and you know, the the Packers went on a deep playoff run. Uh, they're pretty, they're basically bringing everyone back. Uh, brought brought in Randall Cobb. So you know, if Aaron Rodgers can just lock in, you know, I think the the Packers can get back into the playoffs and make another another run at the Super Bowl. But if not. Um, this, this season could potentially be a season where they just don't even make the playoffs at all. And then, you know, they just, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers just have a, you know, easy separation to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's only a matter of time before, uh, that, that tan that Jared Goff has fades and he looks like he's a few days away from death. Pale. We're going to see a very pale Jared Goff very, very soon. Thank you. Detroit. 
yeah, the, the life's gonna get sucked out of him. I mean, he's he's still playing good now. He's still got some LA life in him. Yeah. But you know, yeah. pretty soon that the Detroit's gonna weigh on him, and we're gonna see a lot of turnovers, a lot of losses. It's just it's just all gonna go downhill. So I'm hoping it starts Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Detroit's undefeated, man. They took down Barry Sanders. They took down Calvin Johnson. I mean, at least Stafford was able to get out of there before he had to also prematurely retire. But, you know, he's been given new life. I mean, it's it's a matter of time, Jared. Just We're just giving you a fair warning. I just want to say this about Calvin Johnson. That was my favorite wide receiver ever to watch. And for him to prematurely retire like that, that tells you everything that you need to know yeah. about uh, the Detroit Lions and Detroit in general. So, Amen. Just... Just think about Calvin Johnson. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, great stuff, my friend. Uh, I will text you over the weekend, and uh, have a good Friday, man. You too, my brother. Have a good one. Podcast is over.